Hi, I'm Ben. Hey, I'm Hadley. And hi, I'm Elle. And today we're going to be diving into the Midnight's album, Taylor Swift's new release. We're going to be talking about our favorite tracks, some theories, and which albums we think are coming next. Yes. So, I think we should first talk about how people aren't liking this album, which I think is honestly ridiculous. Um, it's, it was clearly made for her true fan base because... Um, the people that don't know her as well clearly didn't know what was coming. It was marketed exactly how it, like, came out. Like, I feel like everything that led to it, it's kind of exactly what you expected. And if you weren't paying attention to that stuff, then if you don't like it, that's kind of your own fault. Like, you're disappointed because you weren't paying attention. It was never supposed to be, like, some pop album. It was never marketed as a rock album. Everybody's disappointed and think it's either, like, too slow or all the songs sound the same or whatever. But it's clearly just not made for the the like average fan because it they just don't get it yeah well i think that i think that a lot of people just had way different expectations than what the album actually is and um for me personally like my first listen through album that i literally was i was a little disappointed just because i was expecting it to be like more sad and i was like like wanting like more out of it but the more that i listened to it the more that i realized how directly she um references some of the things that have gone on in her life that like only fans that really keep up with her in her life would be able to um recognize which is why i think that it's kind of like an album meant for her like original fan base like not like new people like that liked just liked folklore and evermore or not like just the people who are like oh i just like fearless and speak now like i think this is the people who have like kept up with her throughout all of her eras doesn't really like understand her stories because if you aren't that kind of person then you aren't going to understand the importance and meaning of every song and i can get why you wouldn't be super satisfied because they're like oh these are all weird these sound weird they're like electro but like indie and at the same time it's just not what people were expecting when i first listened to it i honestly had to listen to it twice because i i wasn't really expecting much like because i never I didn't know what to expect from the album, just because, like, when you're listening to something that she produces, you don't know if it's going to be, like, country, pop, like, it could literally be anything. So I didn't, I, but I did, like, expect it to be more towards recent, like, times, because when she said, like, her recent, like, works, because when she said that it was written from nights that she's, like, stayed up, like, till the midnights, like, thinking about things, and that's when she's, like, written these songs, I expected it to be more like, recent than it was, but I'm, like, after re-listening to it, I didn't, like, understand which genre it was coming from until I saw, or not saw, until, it, like, I kind of figured out that it was coming from, like, the reputation, like, lover, like, before their kind of side of things. Okay, yeah, I also think that, like, obviously, since it's, like, stories about midnights, like, her sleepless nights, I think that it's definitely, like, these are really personal stories that are really geared towards her true fans, like Heather was saying. But also another thing that I think, I'm fully convinced that she's just been recording these songs for so long. And, like, I think that they're either, like, I think they're all from different eras and she's just compiled them together because, I like, there's so many Easter eggs at different times in her life and then different songs that maybe she, like, maybe she didn't think she was going to release some of these songs, so she used some parts she liked in different albums. For example, like, the song that sounds just, like, out of the woods, you know? It's just weird stuff like that. It was why I think that it's definitely been in the works for a while. And I don't know if she honestly ever thought she was going to release it, especially if she's writing it during the time where Scooter's controlling her life and she doesn't have a say in anything. So I just think it's interesting because, like, the people who... Obviously, Taylor Swift is known to do it all. The people who didn't know what to expect were probably expecting something like Folklore Evermore, but she obviously switches. She's just, like, indie electro-pop, like... 
all sorts of, I don't know. I just think that it's definitely been in the making for a while, and that's why I think it's probably more important to true fans, because they're personal stories that have been dragged on through her entire life. I also was thinking after listening to it, and it's like 1989 in Reputation, she still has to release both of those albums, so I was kind of wondering if she, because I know those were also both albums where she was going through a lot in her personal life, and it was way more than like Fearless or Speak Now, so I was wondering if, or was just kind of thinking that she might have had too many vault tracks and just chose, and decided she was like best ones that she thought could each be singles and make them its own album honestly yeah i like that that's a good theory too and i know that she said on jimmy fallon the other night that this album has like probably more easter eggs than any of her other albums so that's really exciting yeah which is you can yeah super excited but you can just tell like she just references all sorts of different kinds in her life and like i feel like a lot of it you have to like not only know all of her music, but you have to watch her interviews. You have to you had to watch Miss Americana. Like all these things that she references aren't things that like people that don't know her are gonna get. If that makes sense. Exactly. So speaking of all the references to certain things, we're gonna talk about some song lyrics now. Um, I want to start off with uh, "Would Have, Could Have, Should Have" because that one is probably. Um, one of one of if not my favorite track on the album agreed yeah um i think that it really just packs in so much about her old and past self like kind of before look what you made me do came out when she like actually put her past selves to rest like literally said that they were dead and she references that a lot in the um bridge which i have pulled up where she says god rest my soul i miss who i used to be the tomb won't close stained glass windows in my mind so that kind of made me think of like she literally, like, put herself in a graveyard in that video. Like, she's kind of just referencing the fact that she still has pieces of her old self with her that she, like, misses, but she also doesn't want back because she goes towards the end of that. And then she says, if clarity's in death, then why won't this die? Because she thought that she would rid herself from all of these past traumas by, like, putting all of those past arrows to rest. And then at the end, one of the most iconic lines in the song, in my opinion, when she says, give me back my girlhood, it was mine first. I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you could take this. But for me personally, I kind of took it as the fact that, like, in that period of time, like, when she first was, like, introduced to fame and, like, got all of these, like, new opportunities and experiences that she wasn't expecting, I feel like she kind of thinks that it... I feel like she kind of thinks that it, um, like, took her like childhood and innocence from her and she like wishes that she could have that back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree with that i also um we kind of talked about this earlier but i kind of agree with all of our thoughts that previously we all thought that when red came out that the red scarf that taylor Swift kept referencing meant her virginity or i personally thought that and now that this is actually said girlhood and i'm pretty sure that the song's talking about john mayer i think that pretty much means like that john mayer was the one who took her virginity honestly i think that like there's definitely so many ways you can interpret that line like you could like kind of like hadley like says like almost like the lucky one like kind of like the song about you know taking away her childhood and how fame isn't as great as it seems so i honestly think that like that bridge references, like, everyone who seriously wronged her in the past. Like, I think she talked about Kim and Kanye and John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal, like, all in this bridge. And I think that's, honestly, we don't know who that reference is about or what, but I think that it honestly might be kind of like what Ben's saying. Yeah, like, when she says, I 
never would have danced with the devil at 19. That's kind of, like, directly John Mayer reference, which, I mean, obviously we know, like, dance with the devil. We kind of know the meaning behind that. And then at 19, when she was 19 is when she was with John Mayer. And in her Dear John and Speak Now, she references how, like, don't you think 19 was too young? And, like, basically how he completely took advantage of her. So I think that she goes back to this and that. And then that kind of backs up the fact that it's, like, about her in the past and how she just wishes that she could like make peace with that side of herself and she tried to but it's still like like she says the wound is still open and it's won't close Mm -hmm. and uh, another thing that's kind of like all signs are pointing to the whole like jake gyllenhaal scarf theory but like this bridge honestly completely contradicts that and especially the song in general just with the 19 because those are two different relationships that are kind of crossing over and it's i feel like it's kind of leaving a lot of us confused honestly yeah i kind of also just want to talk about everyone that we think she references in this album and specific songs that she we think she does mm-hmm. so first i think the like most talked about person throughout this entire album is scooter Braun. yes for sure mm-hmm. like in for karma sure. i feel like there are direct references so oh, i yeah. saw this one girl on tiktok i would say her username if i remember but she noticed how in the song she says karma is my boyfriend karma is um justice karma is a god and boyfriend and justice are like both relating to justin bieber who also signs with scooter braun and then god people were thinking oh goddess woman ariana grande also both also repped by scooter braun Ooh. and then she mentions spider boy in that song as well which is sb scooter braun so people think that that is a connection as well i think also for going back to like when we think she actually wrote this which could have been like uh pre-reputation like uh post 1989 yeah when he still represented her. I think that uh, this would be, like, when she was angriest with him and needed justice, but never thought, like Elle was saying, never thought she could release these because Mm -hmm. they were under a lot of legal trouble and she never thought that she would get to a place where she could release vaults like these could be. Um, I think the song Vigilante shit definitely, I think it has um, some reputation vibes, obviously. It's very the word it's very angsty it's very angsty yes um i i don't know if i think that she wrote that during reputation time i can't decide but it definitely has like the same vibe as that album and i honestly think that it's kind of about like i just think it's about kanye i really do oh yeah i absolutely think that there is literally a line in that song where it's like it talks about your it talks about someone's Mm ex-wife and because I do think a lot of the references are definitely Scooter Braun references, but I think that song is just so directly Kanye. And I think Taylor's probably really enjoying watching his world burn right now. Okay, so this, like, so this line, it says, Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife, and she looks so pretty driving in your bins. Lately, she's been dressing for revenge. Revenge. And Kanye has a bins, and they've been known to. That's literally, like, a straight call-out at Kim and Kanye. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I just think that that, um... It's just interesting because honestly, obviously that song doesn't fit the album at all. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, and I like that. And I, it kind of reminded me of like in Reputation where they're all like that song, and then there's New Year's Day, which just doesn't fit on it. I just mm-hmm. think like that's interesting, and I honestly wonder if like I don't know, maybe that was supposed to be on Reputation, but she couldn't because also obviously Taylor Swift is growing up with all of us. She's 
definitely gone more explicit as time has gone on. Like, she would have never said that in Speak Now. We all know that. But I just wonder if, like, maybe she, like, that song was too graphic to put in um, Reputation and had to be replaced with something. I don't know. It's just interesting. Another song that I don't really feel fits the album that well, and I do love this song. It's Don't, it's You're On Your Own Kid. I feel like it just has a very, like, slow vibe compared to the rest of them, and I almost feel like it should have been on 1989, because, like, when she talks about, like, making memories and doing all this and having, like, basically great, like, relationships, but then at the end of the night when she goes home, she's on her own. I think it's referencing Carly Cross. They used to be friends, and then around that era, it, like, came out that, like, they weren't anymore, and, like, Carly, I think, had wronged her in some sort of way. So I think it's just talking about how, like, all these people were, like, against her at this time and then she but she really valued her friendships and like her best friend who had been for a while had just found out to also be like a fake to her mm-hmm. so it's just she really only has herself at the end of the night also about that song hadley and i were actually talking about this the other day um we both think that this is like kind of almost like a like like i said taylor's grown up with us all like as she's grown up like obviously she's older than we are but we really think that she's targeting like kind of our age and maybe a little bit older because we're we're obviously pretty much her big, tar- biggest target market like i mean target audience that this is who listens to her music but we think that that song is made like for the people that are starting new chapters in their lives and it, it just feels like a really special song that kind of hits really close to all of our hearts especially us being seniors and about to start a new chapter of our life where we really are going to be on our own i just think that like she knows what she's doing, and she she and that just shows that she just cares about her fans. I think that it was definitely a direct call out to people. Yeah, and I think that and that going back to the lyrics of that song, I feel like she does reference like all of her eras in it because like so it says sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes. I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for this. So I think that's the beginning of her career, like debut, fearless, speak now, maybe a little bit of red, and then um. She gets into, I hosted parties and starved my body like I'd be saved by a perfect kiss. I think that this really goes into the 1989 mm-hmm. era, which is kind of known to be her, um, where she really struggled with an eating disorder, which she's talked about in Miss Americana, which is another thing that other people wouldn't get if they hadn't, like, seen that. Um, and then they go, then she goes into, the jokes weren't funny, I took the money, my friends from home don't know what to say. I think that's definitely reputation, because that literally, like, directly quotes reputation and that's how her friends like probably didn't know what to say because it was completely different for her and nobody expected it and then I looked around in a blood-soaked gown and I saw something they can't take away I think that that is after she ended Scooter Braun and kind of met Joe and she's like okay I have like my I'm like okay with my life now and this is something that nobody can take away from me because it's not like I'm not in any binding contracts with Scooter like I think that it's more of like her freeing era and like the one that she's in right now and then okay lastly i wanted to address dear reader just because the lyrics in this song it's it's kind of as if she was writing obviously she's writing to all of her listeners but it's kind of as if she's like telling us as she evolves into each of her eras um there were just things that she like took away from it that she's telling us so it kind of talks about how uh if you desert your past lives and you don't recognize yourself that means you did it right which i think is obviously like reputation and kind of how she like kind of just left behind each one of her eras as she moved past it especially with reputation i kind of took it in a different way i thought she was sort of addressing it like and this might have been kind of an intense interpretation but like 13 reasons why when 
Hannah like wrote the tapes to all of those people. I thought this was her like addressing the people that have wronged her and like made her go and and like kind of helped her go into different eras and like learn lessons and kind of make enemies and just like this is what this went through and I hope like you see it like you can like understand my perspective. I thought Dear Reader was such a powerful song and it was such a good last track and I just think that this song was made directly for her true fans who have been through it all and know exactly what have ha- what has happened. I just think there was it was her addressing everything and kind of just like a like literally dear reader except for dear listener like a message to all of her fans that like she's she's gone through all this crazy stuff and she's doing great now and like i think it just is empowering showing us that we can do this too um i just think it's an amazing album closer and just such a powerful meaningful song Yeah. yeah okay so now diving into her music videos um, I think it was it was in the Bejeweled music video. This is just kind of talking about what our next album predictions are, but there is a scene in the elevator where all the buttons are, like, distinctly the colors of all of her albums. And, like, in the old-fashioned elevators, those, like, they look like clock hands. I don't know what it's called, but it's, like, a half circle, and it shows you what floor it's on. Those also have, like, all the colors of her albums. And... Uh, I think that, like, she makes sure to, like, the button that she presses is the second purple one, which is, like, Speak Now. And I, I've, like, thought that Speak Now was going to be the next album for a while now, but I feel like that just kind of, like, confirms it. Okay. Honestly, my opinions switch from Speak Now to 1989 every day. Like, yeah. she's, I, she's absolutely trying to mess with us, as she does, because she's dropping hints for both. I would not be surprised if she just comes out tomorrow and double releases both of them, honestly. Yeah. I just, like... I, right now, I am thinking Speak Now, but in the long run, I think it'll be 1989. I think she made it too obvious. Like, in one of her videos, I don't know which one it was, but she had, like, the hair clips in her hair that, like, put out SN. She's never that obvious with anything. I don't know what it's going to be. Nobody agrees with this, but I kind of think it could be, like, debut. I think debut will be last, personally. I think so, too, because it's got to be, like, a full circle moment. Like, I the agree. first one and then the last one. Although, I do think it's really weird that she started with Fearless. I do, There's a reason behind everything. I will never understand why, because it's not like it's her most pop- popular, most successful, or anything album. Um, even though it's amazing. I just I think that's so odd that she started with that one, but I definitely think she'll do debut last. And honestly, I'm going to say it now. I think 1989 is coming next. Yeah, I originally wanted that first, because even when we were doing the last podcast about talking about it, I really wanted 1989, and now I'm not kind of sure what I want. I think it would honestly be, I mean, there were so many references to this era, but, like, if Reputation came next, that mm-hmm. would be... She can't legally record Reputation for another year, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. actually, no. It was, like, uh, when she announced the album that was coming out, mm-hmm. that was a year. So okay, she okay. So she can now. So she can yeah. now. So we, there were... Oh. There was definitely some legal trouble with Reputation because she didn't own it yet, but now she does, so you could be completely right. Yeah. It could be Reputation. Yeah. And I would be, I am so excited to see the vault tracks that we are suspecting, like Permanent Marker, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think that it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I definitely think it'll, I, I, I want 1989 personally. I'm hoping for I it. I do too. It's one of my favorite albums of hers. I also think there's something else going on with Karma, because... That, yes, it's a song on the album, but there have been so many references to it. Like, we all know that it was going to be its own album. And in, I don't remember which music video, but there's, like, that The scene. Man. Yes, in yes. The Man. Mm-hmm. In the subway, all of her albums are listed, listed there, and Karma is, it's too. It's twice. Yes. And Karma's listed twice. I think Karma, 
uh, we were both, me and Hadley were shocked when we found, found out Karma was a song when she posted on her TikTok. And I think that it is not the end of it. I think there's absolutely something more. And I think that once we get whatever this whole Karma thing is, there, there's going to be hints in the song that are, like, so blatantly obvious that we'll see. I definitely think that Karma is uh, either another another album or something. I don't think it's over. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. Literally, when she said it on TikTok, she, like, burst out laughing no. and, like, laughed for the end of the video. She did laugh. Because like, she, she knows she was messing with all of us. And all the comments were like, Taylor, literally, what are you doing? I, I just, yeah. I know there's more to it. Because she never stops. Yeah. All right. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. I want it. the last thing I want to talk about is just what you guys want. Like, if you could get anything from her tomorrow, what would the next album you want to be? Speak now. 1989. I live for Speak Now. I think 1989 also. I I love Speak Now, but I don't know. I feel like 1989, personally, for me, was, like, my prime time in growing up. Like, I listened to the CD on my little CD player. Like, I just think that, like, that album personally reminds me most of childhood. And, like, the stage of my life that I'm about to enter, I think that would be just the best album for me to come out. And it's also just one of my favorites. I love it. Yeah. I also just think that Speak Now is kind of on the same wavelength as, like, Fearless and wouldn't have as many, like in-depth vault tracks as the other albums True. would. I agree. But I would be really excited to hear how she would re-record some songs like Back to December now. Yes. I, yes. I also, I'm really excited for the Speaking of Vault tracks because I do think they'll kind of be, like, I think it'll kind of mash in with Fearless a little bit, but I think the, like, we're going to get a lot more dirt on John Mayer for sure. And, um, but 1989 vault tracks, honestly, I have no idea what to expect because that album's kind of all over the place, like, if we're being honest. Like, it's not, like, it's, for the most part, a pretty happy album, Mm -hmm. but then you have songs like Clean and then, like, I don't know. Out of the woods. Exactly. It's just, like, I think that, I also would love to hear some, like, Harry Styles. Um, I know, we all. Yeah. Love to hear some more. That that we're supposed to have, like, a feature this. I know. So, I would just, I would love, I'm really excited to see what 1989 Vault Tracks will have for us. Okay, how did you guys feel about Snow on the Beach? I love it. I think it's really good. Obviously, I think I was a little disappointed that Lana wasn't in it more, but I still think that it's, like, amazing, and she's literally just copying her music style. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of, like, as if she is singing it with her, but just not, like, directly. I agree. Personally, for me, I I like Lana Del Rey, but I'm not a huge fan, so I didn't, like, if she announced she was collabing with, like, Harry Styles or something, it would have been a much more... Like, a much bigger deal for me. So I understand why people are disappointed. But for as someone who doesn't, like, isn't, like, a huge Lana Del Rey fan, I wasn't disappointed by her not being featured as much. So I just think, if you put that aside, it's obviously a beautiful song. And I just think it's a really good song. So I really, really like it. Um, um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll see you when the next Taylor's version drops. Yes. Hopefully yeah. soon. And Very hopefully soon. 1989. Bye.